You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's Sir Colin Campbell here and Gary A. McGowan. And you're tuned inside the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We have a special guest in the building here today inside the studio. Uh, the man, the mogul, Ryan Carr. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Let's hear a little word from our sponsors first. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800-518-1221. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We are live yes. in, the, in the studio, <laughs> the smelly little studio, but it's all good. It's all good. Ryan, buddy, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. This uh, is great. Yeah, welcome, is, welcome. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So to start off all our podcasts, you know that I like to uh, read the bio and then dig into you know Ryan's story and figure out what's going on with him and, and why does he deserve to sit here and we'll get into that <laughs> real fast. Trust me, trust me. So Ryan, without further ado, the, here's the bio. Uh, Ryan Carr is a full-time real estate investor from the greater Toronto area. He specializes, I love this, he specializes in unconventional real estate pur- or residential purchases. We're gonna dig into that. Yes. Uh, new construction concepts, flipping and coaching others to do the same. Ryan has been known in the past for his knack of finding a hidden opportunity. He was the creator of Oshawa's first tiny house. I hey. think we might talk about that a little bit. <laughs> and also as a regular contributor to Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine, Ryan Carr, buddy. How are you? I'm great. Good. I'm great. This is a, this is a ton of fun. Beautiful setup. Love what you guys have done. This is Thank cool. you. Thank you. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about who Ryan Carr is. Like how Who's Ryan Carr in two minutes? Who's Ryan Carr? Gosh. I hear somebody's phone or somebody's audio. Maybe that's this. I don't know. I'm hearing something. I don't know what I'm hearing. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, who, who am I? Gosh. So, uh, you know, what's cool. We're in Stouffville right now. And um, when I first got started in the working world, uh, I was an auto mechanic and I actually did my apprenticeship not too far from your studio. And uh, the really cool thing about that was um, I was able to work with this person, uh, you know, go through the ranks, fixing cars and stuff like that. He was a great mentor of mine, but you know, as I left there, I realized fixing cars really isn't for me. Um, I had branched out into doing some custom cars, some armored vehicles, and things like that. What? And I know. What this, do you mean armored vehicles? Armored. <laughs> this could be a separate podcast. Oh, all yeah. of a sudden, oh, dude, no. we're going deep today. <laughs> oh, yeah, deep. Uh, yeah, I started doing armored cars, custom luxury SUVs, uh, and while I was doing that, I was flipping houses and doing buying holds on the side. And uh, consequently, while I was building those armored cars and doing the stuff on the side, uh, I got laid off. They shut the factory down, and. Uh, then I was a full-time real estate investor, not by not by my own choice. So that's okay, how I got so into the wait, game. I have a question about the armored car. Right, I'm stuck on that for some reason. <laughs> okay. Did you have to drive the armored car to some of the locations you were dri- you were buying into? I or drove what? them for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 I never had to drive it there. I never had to drive it, but <laughs> good, good, uh, I did good, drive good. it for sure. Yeah, because people always say, "Man, you can buy any type of property," and sometimes you need that armored car. That's, right. right? that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't the areas we like to buy. Okay, don't get confused here. Cool, cool, and and so that sort of led into real estate investing, but like what, yeah. what was that trigger that, that you thought, hey, why don't I go buy an investment property or why don't I go look at real estate? Like what was that trigger? Yeah. Um, so while I was working doing the armored cars, my wife and I had bought our first house. So we'll talk about that. Um, this was a fixer upper bank sale. I knew I wanted a project because I was good with my hands, but I didn't know anything about real estate. Like, like guys, zero. Nothing. I didn't know the cost of a two by four. I didn't know where to buy paint, like nothing, right? So we bought this bank sale fixer upper. My realtor at the time was like, you sure you want to buy? Like, this is a lot of, this is a lot of project for somebody yes, brand yeah, new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep, that's yeah. what we want. So we did it. We bought it. Cool. Uh, six months in, she calls me back and she goes, hey, you ever thought about buying an investment property? And at the time I was like, oh, this, you know, this realtor just trying to upsell me, Tried right? to sell me. Yeah, yeah no. we're, li- we're like that. Yeah. <laughs> we're like that. No, but, no, it's you know, all good. But it wasn't, it wasn't like that. And, and the cool thing was she was like, you know, what it boiled down to was she says, she goes, you know what? You just have to trust me. You got to check this out and, you know, you got to try and do it. I'm like, okay, right. I'll trust you. So I went, I, I checked it out. We scraped the money together. We bought it. And, um... That was our first buy and hold. So between the two of those, that's kind of that was the first kick of the can, and uh, that got me into understanding real estate uh, as a whole. So when did you purchase your first uh, your first home? First home would have been twenty twelve. 
2012. 2012. Yeah. How old were you back then? I was like, I don't know, guys. I got I to do some math here. How old was I? Okay, how old okay. are you now? I'm 31 now. 31. Oh, so if you carry the two, multiply yeah. pi. Yeah. Uh, you were I, younger. You were yeah, much younger. I was younger. Yeah. Well, seven years off. 20, I was like yeah. early, mid-20s. 22, wow. 23, something like that. Wow. 24. And so now you're buying this home mid-early 20s. Yeah. What is your parents saying? What are family members around you ah. saying? <laughs> yep. So... <laughs> oh boy, we're going deep already. I love it. So uh, the first house we bought, um, my parents are relatively slow and methodical, at least on my dad's side. My mom's mm -hmm. real like quick and punchy. So mm -hmm. I get the the slow, methodical, business savvy from my dad's side. Mm -hmm. And then my mom's side, I get like the get up and go. Take um, action. Yeah, yeah, just go for it. So this, uh, this decision about buying that house was a get up and go call. Uh, mm -hmm. We'd found it on Google, just through a Google search by mistake. And uh, I was like, yep, that'll work. Let's Wait, do it. Say that again. <laughs> a Google search by mistake? Yeah. Just like we we're like looking for houses and, and something popped up and it was a pop-up that led to a pop-up that led to something else. Yeah. And this house listing came for sale and it was mm. a, like a rural property, right? And uh, yeah, as, as it came about, I just like said, yeah, that'll work. Let's do it. And then I went back and I told my parents and they're like, oh my God, what did you do? You bought a house without telling us. Like you didn't get the parents approval, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, hey, yeah. it was a great deal. I, I had to do it. Wow. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. So 2012, first home. Yep. Um, why, why real estate? Ooh. At 22, 23, you can be doing so much. Yep. Partying, spending that money or... Yeah. First off, you're married at 22, so kudos to you, smart yeah, dear. Yeah, yeah. So one of your best decisions, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We actually got married like a year past buying the house. We bought the house first. I yeah. didn't want to get married until we had a place to live. Okay. So for us, my wife and I have been together almost 12 years, right? Wow. So we've been married for about five or six, and yeah. um, being married was cool, but we had to have our own place to go. So yeah. uh, you know, real estate in the traditional sense wasn't on the investment side. It was more of like a homeowner project, yes, a passion project kind of thing. We needed a place to live, and and that satisfied that. The investment came six months after. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Cool. So when Colin and I look at properties, and a lot of the people yeah. in our circles, we look at properties. One of the biggest things that we like to ask is, how do we add value to those properties? Oh, fave. Yeah, I love that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what led you down that road of knowing that you had to buy a property that maybe most people didn't want mm -hmm. so you could add value to it? I didn't. I didn't awesome. know. I had no idea. <laughs> so what? You totally like stumbled into it? Like, yeah. D dude, I'm telling you, I stumbled into it. So my realtor called me and said, this is a great deal. You just got to trust me. I'm like, oh God. Okay, fine. Sure. Like come up with the money somehow. Yeah. She says it's a good deal. This rental property thing that people speak about, you know, on HGTV and the Mike Holmes and all stuff. Um, sounds cool. All right, let's, let's try it. So I, I went in and um, as far as adding value, I knew that having a secondary unit, and in this case it was a basement apartment, right? Uh, that having that secondary unit was gonna be a value add. As I started working through the process, I started to understand, hey, I can do the work um, to add this basement apartment, but if I make it legal, it's worth even more. So then I started thinking about the paper side of it. I started thinking about the construction side. I, it was only until after I closed on that place that I really fully understand the fundamentals of Hey, like this, this real estate thing. Like I was doing this evenings and weekends, um, you know, working 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, at my nine to four, six to four, my nine to five. Uh, I was working full day building armored cars. And then I would leave there and I would go back and I would do this from like, you know, have some dinner from 6 p.m. till midnight, go home, go to bed, do it all over again, and then burn through it on the weekend. So um, like I was, I was full blown real estate at that point, at wow. least in, on a, on a side hustle basis. Um, and that's where I started to understand and learn how this whole thing worked. Amazing. Yeah. And so what were some of the first projects you had to do in that house? Yeah. So this one had a non-legal basement suite and it was in a town called Oshawa. Um, Oshawa at the time actually didn't permit much like many cities and municipalities didn't permit second units for basement apartments. Yeah. Um, there was a gap. So pre 1996, uh, you could do it based on the zoning. And then between like 96 and 2000 and loose terms, 14, something like that, uh, they were a no-no unless you were in certain areas and they were very specific. Uh, and this house wasn't in one of those areas. Um, mm. But it did have a grandfathered basement apartment that was really rough. And I was able to work with the fire department to get it retrofitted. Um, so that was my first, you know, buying something that wasn't legal and hoping to God that we could get it legal by the time we were done was, was uh, a risk for sure. Um, so we had to mitigate that in, in the buying process, but that's, man, that was it. Like 
that was it. <laughs> that was my that was my first crack at it. It was it was a wild wild step. Awesome. For sure. So now, um, seven years ago, yep. or how many years ago? First property. Yep. Now to where you are, where you are today. Um, what has changed in terms of your mindset and even the people that you're hanging around with? Yeah. So, I mean, it's guys like you, uh, <laughs> frankly, like guys like you, you know, I've been out to speak at your group and, um, doing things like that really pushes you forward. I'm hanging around, uh, you and guys like you doing, you know, basement apartments and flips and multifamily and, you know, real estate transactions and on the legal side and the financing side, like hanging around all of these people really rubs off. Mm -hmm. Right. So for anybody listening, my tip to them is be a sponge, soak that stuff up because there's lots of people that have done this before you. Real estate isn't something new, you know, even before we had bricks and sticks and roofs and all yeah. this, you know, people were living in caves and that was a form of real estate. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, hanging out with people that are already doing it or doing it better than you are and you want to come up to their level. That was huge. Well said. Was huge. Uh, Jim Rowney was the one that said you are the average of the five people you hang out with. So, Dude, um, and I know you're constantly looking at growing your circle with the people you're hanging around with. Yeah. Even just researching you, uh, Gary and I, we were talking about you uh, on Sunday, getting ready for, for the podcast today. What, and were, just you, the, what were you guys saying? <laughs> <laughs> it might come out later. Oh, we'll God. We'll God. Decide. Yeah. yeah. But it's just the, the people that we're seeing you hanging around with that that is really building your level of knowledge and makes you into this this uh, example now to so that so many can follow. So now my question to you is, what is, what are you looking for real estate to do for you? Yeah, so I think real estate is a means to an end. Um, for me, I'm slowly coming out of the, um, you know, let's go, 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 hustle, 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 grind. I've been doing that for five years and you can, like you can burn the candle at both ends for five years and like yeah. that's cool. But at some point you need to give up um, a little bit of, we'll say margin in mm -hmm. order to do this long term. So for me, I'm looking to grow the team, right? I'm looking to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more hands off with some of my transactions. Okay. Um, I've got full time staff now, which is great. Um, you know, they help me on the construction side, the transactional side, um, and, and that's amazing. Wait, wait, wait! You have a whole team behind you now, bro. We got, we got, <laughs> we got, we got it all. Got I, love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So for me, I think at some point it's going to turn into a lifestyle business. Yeah. I really do. Um, but it takes time to build that and build it efficiently. Like you can have a, you can have a portfolio of properties that don't perform well and you mm -hmm. can tell your friends like, Hey, I've got a hundred doors or whatever. Right. But if they don't give you whatever you want in the end, maybe that's cash flow, maybe that's lifestyle, maybe that's, you know, a really solid equity position in a certain market. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't really fulfill that. So for me, it's got to be lifestyle based at some point. And for now I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just hustling to build it. Okay. So what is the what is the the RW car portfolio look like then? What does it look like? Yeah. Yeah, so uh single family homes uh for flips typically, conversions to basement apartments. That's kind of my my bread and butter where I started. Um now it's transitioning into new construction, so infill development, severances, rezoning applications. Um we're building what are we building right now? Building four new houses right now, uh ground up with severances and and all that stuff. Uh, doing some multifamily as well. I'm doing 14 units out in the Quinty West area. Really? Uh, yeah, we got some waterfront property out there, so we're doing 14 units. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's been it's been really diverse, and and being able to do the multifamily and the severance and the basement apartments and the flips has really opened my horizons to not just uh, you know one avenue of real estate because there's there's opportunity everywhere, and when you boil it down. It's still transactional. It's still financing. It's still bricks and sticks and labor. It's still, you know, uh, you need help to put all this stuff together. It's still the real estate agents. It's still the brokers. It's still all the same, right? But now it can kind of be more liquid and diversify. Mm -hmm. You said something a couple of minutes ago that uh, I wanted to circle back to. And I mm -hmm. think this is where a lot of people miss the point. And, and you, you said, you know, for, for a great I'm paraphrasing, obviously, because I can't remember verbatim. Make me sound better. Yeah. So what Ryan said was, <laughs> um, getting away from like in and out, in and out, and making as much money as you possibly can. You know, mm. leaving a little on the table. Yeah. In in a sense, and I remember Don Campbell uh, of Rain saying that you got to leave a little bit on the table for yes. the next guy. That's what my dad said growing up. There you go. Word for word. Yeah. Right? Leave a little on the table for the next guy. Don't get greedy. There's another deal around the corner. Yeah. Jeez. So it, talk That's talk. Smart. Yeah, talk to us, talk to the audience on on how that perhaps, you know, mindset has helped your portfolio grow or helped your business grow to where it is today. Yeah, I mean, just 
leaving a little on the table for the next guy uh, for me is something that I really took to heart, even from a young age before I got into business and real mm. estate and so on. Um, you know, you can go out and you can, we'll just use a flip as an example. You can shoot for the moon and you can say, look, I want to be the, the highest priced house on the street and I want to, I want to do all these wonderful things and I want the best finishes and I want all this. But if you just pare it back a little bit, you know, I think you're going to find yourself to be a little bit more conservative. And if you're a little bit more conservative, you'll probably make less mistakes because if you got to shoot for, if you got to shoot for the moon to get that, that super high end price, right. And you don't hit that target, maybe you'll fail. Mm. Maybe that project needed, you know, that super high end price to, to be successful. So for me, I'm really conservative in my numbers. You know, when I'm going in and I'm, I'm budgeting for construction and I'm budgeting for resale price and I'm, you know, budgeting for, for my staff and their timelines, like be on the conservative side. And if you, if you hit a home run with it, Hey, that's gravy. And if you do what you said you were going to do, well, that's what you planned for to begin with. Right. So now let's, let's continue along that thread now, leaving a little bit on the table. How does that apply to your team? And yeah. the people that work for you. Yeah. So uh, for my staff, for, for example, um, I reward them. I'm a big believer in giving back to your staff. Um, I, I did a speech not too long ago and somebody had brought it up and they had sifted through my Facebook back like three, four years back. And they're like pulling up all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where did you find these pictures? Right. And they said, tell us about the cow. I'm like the cow. Wait, are you trying to tell me to do something? Like, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. And they, they had brought up this, this thing about the cow, cow and put a picture online. And the quote was, I, I guess I had posted it like three, four years back. You can't always milk the cow. You have to feed it too, mm-hmm. right? You can't always ask your staff to perform for you and not give them anything in return. And I'm talking about something more than just an hourly wage or a paycheck, right? Lovely. Well said. You got to yeah. take them. St- you got to take them lunches. You got to take them gifts. You got to. Yeah. You know, sometimes we go go karting. Last summer we went go karting. I had a little trophy made up for the winner. Um, it was it was fun. You got to do that stuff because it's not always about work. It's yeah. it's about lifestyle too. And it's building a, a life worth living. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so now. Hey, I got to cut you off. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you're watching this live and we love it. Uh, love you for it. Don't forget to ask uh, Ryan some questions because at 360, we're going to dig into some of your questions and uh, tell us also where you're from in the comments and don't forget to share and like it. There's a few of you that uh, have been jumping on and off. Lori, how are you? Uh, Christina, how are you? And um, hit it. Yeah, and your question? The <laughs> <laughs> um, question back there is legacy. What are yeah. you? What is? What are you? What is your goal? What What do you want to mm-hmm. be known for? What do I want to be known for? So right now, I am very much uh, enjoying the creative real estate strategy side of things. Mm. So, uh, like Gary mentioned on the way in, you know, I like to do creative real estate. I like to to, to put together the deal. For me, the, the fun in real estate is assembling the deal. You know, where's the margins in this? How can we make this work? How can we build a really cool unit? Uh, how can we, you know, how can we sever the land and keep the house? And you know, how can we structure this to make it really fun to put together, but also profitable on the backside, so you mm-hmm. can employ people and grow the team, right? Okay. That's what I like to do. As far as legacy goes, that's a challenge. Uh, I'm 31 right now. Uh, no kids. Married for five, six years like we were talking. Yeah. Um, I think at some point, the whole family and legacy, that will come into play. Right now, I'm focusing on growth, okay. um, which is good. So I don't know exactly how that's going to play out down the road. But I mean, there will yeah. be a component to that. Absolutely. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, now, tell us a, a bit, because uh, when we were getting ready for the show, told my daughter you were going to be on and right away she got all excited yeah he's the guy to build a tiny home and she was <laughs> she knew more about it than i did yeah. so now let's let's delve uh, uh, dive a bit into that tell yeah. us tell us a wee bit about your tiny home project um yeah. how this came about sure so tiny home uh central oshawa was the location uh we got a ton a ton a ton of pr on this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was on every newspapers, is on oh, CTV. Oh man, it was it was off the charts. So like it was on Global, City TV, CP24, uh, the Toronto Star, BNN Bloomberg came to shoot a special Are there. You really? Kidding me? Uh, yeah, oh. it was it was incredible. Uh, 100,000 hits on Facebook last I checked. Tons of haters. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Really? Did you see the haters? I, I did actually. I read through some of the comments. Intense. Like good Intense. for you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how you know you made Nailed it. Right? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so the project I bought it uh, around the end of 2018, I guess it was early okay. 2019. Um, and it was a double lot and it had this little like baby house in the back corner. And then it had a normal first size, full size, like <laughs> normal house, normal, <laughs> yeah, normal house. had a normal house in the, uh, on the other. So I'm like, okay, where's the opportunity? Let's pull that house up. Yeah. Pull yeah. It you want to yeah. have a look at it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Talk us through this a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So 
that's the uh, that's the tiny house after we were done. What you guys can see on the screen there. Yeah, I only um, had the after picture. Sorry. That's trust me. Yeah. That's all you want to see. Okay. The before yeah. pictures are crunchy. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So double lot. Uh, I saw this listing come through my email, and I'm like, hey, you know what? This has some some opportunity. Uh, and I'm looking at the piece of land because again, I'm looking for opportunity in whatever form it comes. In this case, it came in the form of a of a land division. And um, I'm reading through it, and it says like, oh, you know, this this one has two municipal addresses. I'm like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> then I read a bit further, and it says, oh, you know, it also has two water sewer connections. So that's interesting. Let me dive into this. Let me call the city. Let me call my lawyer. Where's the opportunity here, right? And as we got closer and closer and closer, I realized, hey, I'm able to put this back to two separate parcels, you know, one parcel being the normal house, and then yeah. one parcel being the tiny house that would be fully serviced, ready to go, right? Needs renovations, but development charges are paid, no lot levies, nothing like that. Yeah. That's where the opportunity came, right? So we then had a tiny house on one and a normal house on the other that consequently we flipped both and they went back to the market. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So let me ask a couple of questions around the listing. How long was it listed before you put an offer in? Uh, I'm going to guess at a week. Okay. Maybe a week. Yeah. And so. No, no, nobody knew what the hell to do with this thing. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. This was like, this you, was like. You got to the point I wanted level, to get to. Yeah. Go, well, go ask, ask it. Go ahead. No, no. Ask like. <laughs> Because that's 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 the big deal. You walk up to a house, and, and I know you're on the same mindset. We talked about this not too long ago. Like, how can I add value to this? Yeah. And that's how you looked at it. And and for me, you know, that's the, that's the only way we should be buying properties. Yeah. Is value seeing add. seeing value add and having a few exits. And yes. The money's in the buy. Yeah. The money's in the buy. The more that the viewers understand that, um, the better off their portfolios will be. Yeah. You buy low and sell at market. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like how you phrase that. You don't buy low and sell high. You buy low and sell at market. Because market price is always the market price, right? It's leaving some on the table for the next one. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the normal house, as yeah. we call it. And, and I th did, did that go back on the market as well? Yeah, that went on six months ago. Okay. Yeah. And, and explain to... So let's go down that trail a little bit. Okay. Because so, obviously both of these would be classified as... Uh, or looked at as flips from, from an investor point of view. Yep. What makes a flip and what doesn't make a flip? Um, margins, time, construction cost. Um, those would be the top three, if I had to guess. I mean, the margins are really the driver. It's When you're doing flips or any investment in real estate, it comes down to a function of economics, yes. right? So if there's money to be made, typically speaking, that's why people are taking on these projects. Um, I took on this project in specific because A, there was money to be made, but B, I knew there was going to be a lot of PR that followed. And I didn't know how big, but I knew it would be good. Right. Right. And provided that we could pull it off the way that we had, um, I just thought, you know what, this is really cool. It's something different. It's something unique. Uh, let's just try it. We'll make a few bucks and that's great. But you know what? I think, uh, I think this would be fun for the crew and fun for the onlookers and, uh, even better for the haters. Better so, for the haters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I, you know, so you can't always buy that type of entertainment. Now, if you're Ryan, you're, you're spending that money <laughs> yeah, to yes. invest in it. But for me, as a, just a Facebook guy that was on what, reading the, reading the, the comments, oh, yeah. holy smokes, man, that was awesome. Whatever. Those people are probably living in one of my basements, so that's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't hit that standard. Trust Not that me. good, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all good. So in the pre-show, like before we all went live here, we were talking talking a little bit about the tiny house and, and we're like, oh, no, no, let's just save it for the actual podcast. Yeah. So let's let's dive into that a little bit because I think there's some really neat masterminding that I'm sure you've already had conversations around. Does it work? Does it not work? Is there- is When is the next one? Scalable. Uh, That's what I want to yeah. know. Let's uh, cut to it, bro. Just <laughs> yes. get right down to it. Yeah. When is the next one? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so this, in my opinion at this point, is a one-off project. What? Ah, it's true. What? It's true. So Where's that, the horn? Gary, that, play So that tiny house in Oshawa mm. sold for, I think, 200000 yep. It should be worth double that easily right now, right? It's a one-off. It's one and only. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be. In order to build this, true story. Yeah. Okay. So I gave a keynote in Ottawa not too long ago. And they, they said, like, you know, come, let's talk about the tiny house. I'm like, okay. So I get up there and they said, uh, who wants to do this again? And I said, well, let's do a real life example. Mm-hmm. What's a typical building lot in your market in Ottawa? And they said, ah, 200,000. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, so 200 grand. So what do you figure it costs to build one of these things? And somebody said, oh, maybe 100 grand. I'm like, sure, 300 square feet, 320, 100 grand, sure. So now we're at 300,000 bucks, okay? We have to service that lot and we have to pay the development charges. So we're about 30,000 to service it. We're about, I don't know, 50 some thousand for development charges. We have HST on top of that. We have realtor commissions. We have carrying costs. 
right? Realtor commissions alone. Yes. You're over 400,000. Wow. For a tiny oh, house. For a tiny house. Yeah. Nobody is going to live in that. No. It yeah. would never work. Yeah. So that's why this is going to be a one-off project. Now, the caveat to that is, again, because it's a function of economics, right? This has to come from the government level down, not from the investor level up Yeah. in mm. order to work. You either need to have it subsidized, so they pay for half or no development charges, or they service it for you or whatever, yeah. right? Or you put six of these things on one lot. On one lot, And yes. it gets serviced through common services, yep. right? It gets, you know, you got common parking lot, you got common everything, common, common, yeah. common, like a condo. Because we started talking about that, and I know you've already had these conversations, but let's, let's have it here, the three of yeah. us. Yeah. Well, people seem to be eavesdropping, and that's all good. That's <laughs> yeah. why they're there. Welcome, folks. Yeah. Um, to me, my, my, my brain goes to, well, why don't you, why don't you just build an eight plex? Yeah. You right? want a tiny house? You can have a bachelor condo in the sky. Yeah. It's a tiny house that goes up. Exactly. Yeah. But there's also that mindset of, no, I own this 16 feet of grass. Yeah, you do. And I can park my car and actually walk in with the groceries yes. at ground level. Yes. Not that sky, the, the pie in the sky, skybox, yeah. sky whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah. That too. Yeah. So there is some creativity around it, but there's also a, a little bit of the mindset, like it mentally it could work. Yes. Financially, I get that. We all get that. It's going to have to be some, a, a, a bigger vision than just all these tiny houses everywhere. It's got to yeah. be, I want to use the word compound, but that's not the right word. What, <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. the right word? Help me out there. Yeah. Um, but it, Communal living of sorts. Yes, there you go. Yeah, that's like a, you said, that's it needs a way better way to yeah. say it. Compound, sure. Compounds. <laughs> We've heard about those compounds. Yeah, yeah, stay no away from no those, good. folks. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be, I'm looking for the buzzer. That would be this. <laughs> no compounds. However, um, there was, I was reading somewhere or saw it online somewhere of a tiny house community mm-hmm. that they were creating for. Uh, I think it was either homeless or people who were transitioning, getting back into getting back on their feet. Yeah. And it was just a community of 25 of these homes. Yep. And that's it. And I think it was no more than 150 square feet. Detroit. There they we go. They called it a tiny town. There we go. It, right? There we go. So it was a, it was a box. Yes. Right? No hydro, no running water, no, yes. none of that. Right. It was like literally just a place to stay. Yes. Until these yeah. people could get back on their feet. That's right. On you go. Yeah. Right. Um, that worked for them. Obviously, Detroit, Detroit's gone through a serious so transition yes. in the last five, 10 years, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how they did it. Do you see anything like that coming here um, to Toronto? Gosh, um, I think it would be really tough. Yeah. Really tough. I mean, the reason the tiny house here worked, right, um, was because it was under cloak of jurisdiction, which is the conservation authority. Mm-hmm. So not only did we put the part line back in a parcel that was built like that, um, but we also did it in what would be considered, um, what would we call it? Provincial, what would the proper term be? Provincial, under cloak of jurisdiction. It would be like yeah, uh, conservation true. land. Really? Right. So, so highest and best use for this property is that tiny house. I hmm. couldn't take it down and I couldn't serious? rebuild. That's, wow. That's why this tiny house was born. And, and the only reason that it's, that it's being fulfilled today is because like I would have taken it down and built a duplex as an investor, highest and best use of the land. Yes. Right? What can I do with a 30 by 120 parcel? Yeah. I'll put two units on it. This was R5 zoning. Maybe I could have put three units on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I couldn't touch it. I couldn't touch the footprint. I couldn't go up. Oh I couldn't do anything. Goodness. Okay, so let's let's talk about this a little bit. Let let's say we had a parcel. It doesn't matter how big. It was it was two hundred by two hundred somewhere <laughs> within Oshawa area because we'll use Oshawa. I'm excited for that. By the way, yeah. <laughs> good. That's a we great found parcel. it. Yeah. We, we knocked we knocked whatever was on it down. Yes. Maybe it was this decrepit fourplex or something. Yep. Who knows, right? Yeah. If you had those tiny houses, if we had eight tiny houses on that, and everyone had their little parcel of you know, there's the common area, mm-hmm. parking lot, what call it what you will. Uh, there's there's one service going, one, you know, sewer system, yeah. whatever it is, a hydro, whatever that looks like. I guess the question at the end of the day is, can I rent that tiny house more than can I rent a one-bedroom apartment? Hmm. Above grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that, like you said, it all comes back to math, right? Like I think it would be comparable. Really? I do. I do. I think it would be a, a poor land use. I, I do. Um, Construction costs and everything we're going. Well, into yeah, it. yeah. I mean, yeah. I th- I think there's a novelty factor there. Yeah. That people people want to want to live humbly and and have less overhead and less maintenance and stuff like this. But it would be a poor use of land, 
right? So from a taxpayer's perspective, I can see why the city says, look, we don't want tiny houses. Yeah. We can get more tax out of a condo on a, on a big parcel um, rather than these trailers spread out. Yeah, right? of course, of we course. can go up and we can densify and we can get more people into neighborhoods and those people support the restaurants and the restaurants support, you know, the, the vegetable supply companies, yes, and, you know, yes, it works yes. down the line. So from a densification or an intensification standpoint, I don't think it's practical. Yeah. Hmm. I just don't. And that's a neat way to answer that question. Cause I think this is where a lot of current residents, you know, I'll use our little town here, Stovo, but this, mm-hmm. you can say, tell the story over and over again. It doesn't matter where you are. They don't grasp that. Yep. Don't change my neighborhood. I don't want a five-story little condo tower. Or that's not even a tower. Five yeah. stories beside me, or this or that. Yeah. But they don't grasp grasp that. Mm-hmm. And and that's you know that's unfortunately that's or fortunately that's how we need to think, right? We yes. we need to we need to intensify in the areas for sure. You're never gonna win. Like oh. you can. Never, it's it's one of those things. Okay, so you, you intensify the downtown core, right? Well, now you got too much traffic. And then you got to build the LRT to substantiate the traffic. And then people don't want their taxes to be raised because you got to build the LRT because yes. there's more people there. But those people support the restaurants of the, those complaining. You know what I mean? Like you never really win. Yeah. Right, right, um, right. So you just got to do kind of what's what's good for you, what fits in the budget, what you think fits in into the zoning standards and rock okay. and roll. Ask him one more question. And then we got a little hit, oh, okay, little good. thing we're going to do with Ryan. The right. demographics of people that were interested. Yeah, in the, good question. I forgot about that. The, the tiny house. Tiny house. Yep. So you never really fully know. Um, but we did have seven offers. Seven on offers. Okay. So what do those What do those people look like? Were they Were they eighty years old or thirty years old? Yeah, I suspect they would have been. There was one couple that was real serious. Um, I'm guessing. I'm. This is just a guess, but like a couple in their late twenties, yeah. mid twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there was one person. I believe it's an investor. That's the end user at this point. So I suspect it's going to be an Airbnb. Fact? Airbnb. Oh, okay, so let's, let's watch out for that. When do you, has that closed on you already? Or no. No, no. So okay. this is April 9th that it hasn't yes. closed as of yet. But okay. uh, yep. let's keep our eye on that. That's a, yeah. that's a neat little thing. to. Yep. But good question, because Colin and I were talking about that the other day, is that, like, what is the demographics? Because when we have our, our real realtor hat on, yeah, yeah. we got to know who our buyers are going to be. Sure. Right? Same same. Because I, I was assuming it was just going to be a ton of millennials wanting mm-hmm. to be a part of it. Because all they do, it's just sleep in their house, That's it. right? You're going to be outside all day, working, yeah, yeah, yeah. partying, and so on. Okay, so let's have a Party. little fun with uh, with Ryan here and some rapid-fire questions. Sweet. So I'm going to ask these questions. You're going to say yes or no or the appropriate answer, okay. all right? Rapid-fire. Okay. Uh, do you prefer texting or talking? Talking. Favorite season? Fall. Fall. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> Blasphemy. Yes. 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 I love it. Wow. Woo. Love it. Uh, first celebrity crush. Ooh, geez. Blake Lively. Okay. Yeah, I could agree with that. All right, moving right along. Uh, your place you most want to travel to. Oh, geez. Somewhere sunny and warm. I don't know. Okay. I don't have it. Don't that know. pretty much opens up half the world. I know. Yeah. I know. We're come on. Keep it nail open. it. We're coming back to that okay, one. Okay. Come uh, back to favorite it. Favorite junk food? Chips. No, pizza. Pizza. Yeah. Pizza. Mm. What's on your pizza? Uh, margarita. If it's fresh and like true oh, Italian yeah. authentic. If it's like Pizza Nova, pepperoni, green pepper, mushroom. Classic. Cool. Classic. Yeah. Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? No. Name one of the seven dwarfs. I cannot. <laughs> Sleepy? Sleepy. Sleepy's always the one. Sleepy's always the one that comes up. I was about to say that might be the most honest answer we've ever had here. If there's Uh, someone out there that knows the other six, please chime in with a question. That's right. Yeah, tell us the other (laughs) six online. Yeah. Uh, Favorite? I'm not even. Tea or coffee? Tea. Big dogs or small dogs? Small. What's your ideal outside temperature? We've already said it, hot and sunny. You've nailed it. Too bad. 25 light breeze. (laughs) Knows it. And what superpower would you like to have? Ooh. Seeing behind walls. Seeing behind walls. As an investor, it's brilliant. That's right. I like it. Do you like how he said not seeing through walls? He just wants to see what's behind the wall. All right, a little rapid fire answer. Love it, love it, love it. It's all good. It's all good. That's kind of fun for us. Cool, cool, cool. All right, what do you got for us, Colin? Um, We're so past the tiny house now. Past, yes. So, what is next for you? What is next What's for next? you? Um, what are your goals this year? What are you working on? Tiny house is done and gone. Yep. One off. What are you building now with your team? 
Yeah. So I want to focus on some multifamily and some okay. infill development um, okay. because basement apartments and flips have got me this far. For me, that's just bread and butter, fairly easy, consistent. Okay. Right? That's not going to get me to the next level. Um, so I want to focus on scaling. Obviously, mm -hmm. I want to focus on efficiently building my team so that everybody has their own position. They know the role. They know what they're supposed to do. Um, and that's going to free up some of my time to work on business oversight. Okay, um, cool, cool. When I first got started, I was doing a lot of the hands-on work. So like, yeah, I can go in and swing a hammer and I can hang drywall and I can do all these things. And every now and again, I do have to step in and show the boys like, hey, smarten up. Like I know, I know, what I'm I know what's going on here, fellas. And I know yeah. you're not pulling your weight. Yeah. Right. So from time to time, that's, that's a good asset to have. How many people are in your crew right now? Uh, full-time crew of three. Uh, so I, I'm running with three full-time crews. Um, okay. T4 staff, I've got five, okay. uh, five or six. It fluctuates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then three auxiliary crews or two auxiliary crews to make up the balance because okay. we've got uh, eight active projects right now. So now I'm sure it's easy to find, you know, uh, people to be a part of your team. What are you looking for when you select a team member or someone to be in business with? Mm -hmm. Loyalty, hand skills, relationship. Okay. Uh, relationship being number one, like you can have no hand skills and I will show you how to have hand skills. Yeah. Um, if the relationship is right, same yeah. with the JV partner, people throw money at me all the time. Oh, take my money. I'm like, I don't want your money. They're like, why not? I said, cause we don't have a relationship yet. Yeah. Right. Relationship is so, so far beyond cash. Um, so in staff and in JV partners and all the stuff, that's where it starts. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos to you, Ryan, cause here's what I love. And I hope the listeners pick up on this on how fast and how clear you answered that question. Yes, there was no hesitation there. It was like... You, you, you've like been, you know, you've gone through the process of, and, and probably like all of us, gone through the process of having partners that you didn't align with or having, having a work crew that you didn't align with, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and those are lessons. I love how clear you were on that. Was that clearer than my vacation spot? 100%. I'm, we're just... <laughs> yeah, we're sending you to Mary Lake in Huntsville yeah. in the summer. I, I mean, a beautiful lake. But, yeah, hey. But really, little shout out to uh, to Mike watching online and, and Kelly watching online, John watching online. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the infill projects that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I know what you know. What some of the the clients that I have here up up at this neck of the woods, mm -hmm. um, we're doing projects and so forth, and and uh, and and. Oh my gosh, the, the name, but they're Tarion uh, certified, Tarion warranty. Are, are you as well, or that's a not, goal I, for you, or it's you know it's not even like I'll I would get Tarion certified if I was doing outsider projects, but I'm keeping everything I'm building. Ah, right, which negates that. Mm. Of course it does. Yeah, 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 and and the projects that you're that you're building. Is it specifically single family? Or you're trying to pack as as many <laughs> units into that building as you possibly can. You need to intensify yeah. for sure, for sure. So single families with basement apartments, for example, uh, semis. I'm doing a severance right now on a 40 by 115 lot. Cut it in half. You get a 20 by 115. Build a pair of semis. Each each having a basement unit. Uh, no, not oh, in yeah. this town. You couldn't do that. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Ideally, you could. At, at Ideally, places, you, you yeah. would, but yeah, yeah. For sure. So are you just focusing primarily in the Oshawa area? I like the Durham market for sure. The fundamentals are good there. Purchase prices are still reasonable. Uh, I'm always looking at people my age. Like what are, what are the demographics of my age, you know, being kind of the second wave generation of home buyers? Where can they afford? Mm -hmm. Right. And I know because I'm actively buying homes and I have friends that are in this, in this process, like people have a hard time qualifying for a million dollar house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they do. They do. So yeah. you go to Durham, for example, and it's half price, or you go to uh, Bradford, yes. right? And it's half price, or you go to uh, Windsor, and it's half price, or you go, you know, like there's there's other markets. Barry, Aurelia, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's other markets out there for investment. Now, if it's your principal residence and your own home, different market. Live yeah. somewhere beautiful. Live somewhere that you want. Yeah. I mean, Stouffville. Like I pretty much grew up in this town. Um, a lot of people have been priced out of this market. And if you can still afford to live here, it's an amazing spot to be. Amazing. Here, here. <laughs> That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. I yeah. love it. I yeah. love it. Um, uh, here, look at this. We, we like this. We like comments like this from Kelly. Hang on. Let me see if I can add it here. Uh, you guys are amazing. Yeah, well, you know, we get great guests. <laughs> and so much cleaner than Howard Stern. You haven't listened to the entire show yet, Kelly. Yeah, we're not done yet. <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. Um, yeah, she also says here, yeah, I like it. She also says, come to, let me see if I can add this too. Uh, come to Georgina. We have good prices here too. They do have great it. pricing. Yes, up Georgina, Georgina, yes. And, and it's what beautiful. Would that be Keswick? Keswick. So, yeah. Keswick through um, Sutton. Sutton. Um, yeah, all along the south shores of yes. uh, Lake Simcoe. Simcoe. There. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. take your clients up that far? 
We do, and, and we have offices up there. And Kelly, in fact, she's one of the agents for Keller Williams, and she, she works that area really well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah, for instance, um, all, that whole area uh, is, is a great, great area. Yeah. yeah. I, I, one of our, I th- I'll tell you, our fourth investment property that we have ever bought. In yep. fact, we still own it. We're renovating it right now is in Beaverton of all places. Yes. Awesome. So that's, a, that's high. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, funny because we have one coming to the market right now. Uh, it's going to be a really good project up there and it's coming for for something. Yeah. Nice that's affordable. Plan. Like yes. that's people can afford, I'm going to say sub 600 yeah. if you're a first time home buyer. And your minutes from the 404, all that. So now as real estate agents, how can we help you in your project or achieving your goals? Yeah. So, I mean, I think as an investor and even for the people watching, um, it's important that you find the deals, right? Finding deals is where it all starts. If you can find the right deal, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Then you can renovate to the right budget. Then you can transact. Because I mean, like you guys are a transactional relationship. You transact in, you transact out, right? If you find that client the right buy, there's a pretty good chance that client's going to call you back Mm -hmm. to transact on the way out, right? So. It all starts with the buy, um, but yeah, you guys, you guys know how to work the math, right? You guys, you guys are investors yourself, like you we do, it, you know. But for the benefit of our, our listeners, not all of them do. So, the the golden question here yeah. is, well, Ryan, what makes a great deal? What makes a great deal? Spread. It's not cheap. It's margin. Margin, right? It's not cheap. It's value. Yeah. It's not cheap. It's spread. So you can go, you know, pick any pick any market. Um, I'll just just say Oshawa. Can you buy a house there for two hundred seventy five thousand? You could, right? My first house in Oshawa, we purchased that for two hundred and a bit. There you go. Yes. Right. Yeah. Rent own. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. And if you like, if you buy for two seventy five, but you got to put in fifty thousand worth of renovations, and when you're done, that thing is only worth three hundred. Well, you just lost twenty five G's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not good value on mm-hmm. the buy. Mm-hmm. Right. If you bought that house for two hundred like you're saying, and you sold it for 300, maybe there's some spread there to work with, yes. right? The same thing goes for, you know, York region, Toronto, any of the periphery markets around the GTA, you've got to be looking for value. Like Warren Buffett is a value investor, yes. right? I, as a real estate guy, am a value investor. You need to be buying for value, not buying for cheap. Too many, too many people go in the market, they buy for cheap. You can buy, you know, you can buy a, a luxury condo for, for cheap in comparison to a seven bedroom home. Mm-hmm. Right, but that doesn't mean that that's a good investment. You need yes. to evaluate what's going to work for you. You got like to buy for value. I like it. Yeah. So the the message there is buy for value, don't buy for cheap. And um, no, I I think that's brilliant. the The value, or sorry, the margin piece though. How'd you learn how to do that? Yeah. How'd you learn how to how to visualize and see the margins? Um, so I actually started in real estate with no formal training, zero. Like I never had a coach up until last year. I never had anybody mentoring me um, to say, hey, you know, you may want to you may want to think about things this way. Or you may want to renovate that way. For me, it was like all my own gut feel. And while I was renovating, put on YouTube. Really? That was it. That was it. Sorry, my buddy Andrew Hayhoe is chirping me, and I gotta, I gotta shout it out to him. He says, "Bring back the beard, dude. This is why, <laughs> this is why the weather turned nice because I shaved it off. <laughs> the winter beard's gone. Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Catch a chip off your face there? I can't even see what's going on there, Hayhoe. <laughs> I love his headshot. I know that was awesome. Is that like a lemon on his? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Should we bring it back? Yeah. Now, now we're chirping him, and he has no recourse. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. A potato chip? What is I don't it? know what that is. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. so yeah, learning the margin, like it's trial by error, and 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 yeah, just jumping into the fire in a sense. Right? It is. It is. Yeah. You just got to jump in, and you got to try it. I mean, at some point, you you do just have to try. It. Like, take a little bit of time. Ask a few questions to anybody that you can get in touch with a contractor, a real estate agent, like call you guys. But you just gotta you gotta try it. So, what's the most costly mistake you've made? Ooh. Um, recently, actually, no, overall, the most costly, mis- I'm going to give you two, actually. Okay. Love it. Uh, one on the marketing side. Um, so recently I hired an SEO team mm-hmm. to SEO my website mm-hmm. uh, for We Buy Houses, Lead Gen, and, and stuff like this. I spent a fairly hefty amount. Uh, well, I spent 25 grand. 25 right, grand. On SEO, and it returned zero phone calls. Okay. Over wow. 18 months. Zero. Uh, yeah. That pissed me off. Of course. Right. That really sucked. Yeah. So that, uh, that was a, a watch and learn. You know, I jumped into that doing a bit of research in the market. Is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Do I trust these people? Yes, I did. They're great people. Right. But it didn't work. 
yep. didn't perform. So I had to cut that off. Right. Done. Let's, let's put our marketing dollars somewhere else. Um, second thing was, and this was even more costly now that I think about it. Um, I spent one day working on the tools when I should have spent this day, this was about two years ago, when I should have spent that same day learning a little bit more about tax sales and getting in touch with my lawyer. And what ended up happening was there was a tax sale in my market that I missed out on because I was too busy to make it work, hmm. right? That tax sale sold for 40 cents on the dollar. Really? Wow. Right? So that one day of me saving, we'll say 200 bucks, yeah. right? To carry lumber and, and insulate, whatever, right? I missed out on that property that I know I could have transacted on and been competitive because very few people understand the game of tax sales. Right, yeah. right? right. So um, put your efforts in the right spot, I yeah, guess would be the it. lesson there. Lovely. Love yeah. it, love it, love yeah. it. So now let's say nobody's ever asked me that. That's a good question. Yeah. Hundred thousand dollars there yeah. in loss. Yeah. But the lessons learned. Oh. <laughs> you're gonna build an empire just on those two lessons learned. Uh yeah. You're there right. You so yeah. Formal schooling. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as any real estate investor we always get to that stumbling block of how do I buy my next property? How do mm. I fund my deals? How are you funding your properties at this moment? So I was largely self-financed for most of my career, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't come from a wealthy background. I started with very little. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just tell you. So our first house that we bought was 261000 right? And we bought that on 20% down, which was, I don't know, 50, 60 Gs, mm -hmm. right? I had saved that from five years old from my parents saying, save your money, don't buy stupid shit, right? Put it in the bank, right? Keep it. And, you know, I'd save that till the day we went out and bought our house. I never lived like an extravagant lifestyle. I was never a partier. I just like saved my money and worked at Canadian Tire. That was nice. it, right? So that's how I bought my first deal. Wow. Um, our second deal, I was able to buy, or my spouse was able to buy on 5% down as a first time home buyer. So we got into that one for like 15,000 because that house we bought for two, I don't know, low twos, mid twos, right? So five down on that was pretty cheap. That's yeah. how we scraped the money together for the second one. You can't do that now, No, right? So, you know, it's funny to look back five years ago and say, how did we get started? That's how we did it. Um, people now getting into the market, I mean, the, the economic landscape's a little bit different because prices have gone up, Yeah, right? So for them, JV partners, good relationships, family, uh, side hustle your way up to a down payment. Like I'm a, I am a huge advocate as a full-time investor. I am a huge advocate for telling people, keep your job for God's sakes, keep your job, right? So that you can qualify so that you have stable income so that you can hustle evenings and weekends, keep your job, people keep your job, yeah, right? It. It's the, it's the stable income. We're talking from a guy that went through that yeah. and not having that stable income. And, and even as a realtor, our income is not always stable. stable. Yeah. Right. 100%. It's, it's, uh, it's challenging to it say is. the least, right? Side hustles are the best, man. If you can side hustle your way up to a down payment and have no little low, little to no risk, do it. Do it. You're gonna learn yeah. so much about business going through that process. If so, you have any questions, sorry, if you have any questions for for Ryan, jump in uh, post them on the or what am I trying to say? Get them in the comments. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Let's, we'll cut that out. Let's rewind that and cut that. So post your questions in the comments and uh, So and that we'll Ryan sure. can answer them. That's right. Uh, before we go to those questions by our viewers there. So young entrepreneur early 20s who's thinking about you know they would like to build something like that 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 you're building right now uh what advice you give to that person yeah starting out no properties um do, do you want to answer that no i'm just throwing that up there. that's a shout out to gary semnick's son look at that sorry i'm cutting you off no <laughs> Ryan cut you off. i did it, it popped up in my periphery yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 uh right uh gary's son is on track to buy his first investment property by the end of the year best part is he is 18 awesome. thanks for the great info awesome. that is outstanding that's yes amazing yes yeah. yes what's his son's name we'll direct this next question to him yes yeah um, Gary will post that up. I, Gary's, awesome. what's your son's name? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That is brilliant. So, uh, you know, for, for somebody like this to get started uh, in, in real estate or in business or to become an entrepreneur, um, just you got to side hustle, you got to grind, you got to learn about it. Um, the more that you can do with that, you know, downside risk covered, the better off you're going to be in the long term. Like you can leave your job and, you know, live on EI and, and scrape by and maybe not scrape by. Um, but I really, really think that taking the time to 
We're gonna use Kijiji for an example, right? I love Kijiji. I've bought houses on Kijiji. I've bought cars on Kijiji. I've sold houses. Like, Kijiji is great. It's a free tool. Anybody can go on there. Pick an industry that you like, right? For me, I understood cars because I could fix them and I could tweak them and I could sell them for more, right? Yes. How do you buy for value, okay? Mm -hmm. Anybody can pick an industry that they like. Maybe they like to flip baseball cards, right? I had a truck and a trailer so I could go and pick these things up and bring them back to my house and fix it and sell it again, yeah. right? Um, Sounds like Gary Vee there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going garage sale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Maybe you like baseball cards, right? You don't need a truck. You need a bicycle to pick up a baseball card, mm -hmm. right? Go buy some baseball cards. Find some value. Go to an estate sale. Buy a whole book of uh, of cards. You know, buy buy grandma's rack of silver spoons. If you buy the right spoon, Brent, shout out Brent, to Brent. Brent, bro, this is for you. Yeah. Grandma's garage sale. Okay. Buy a whole case like those wall mounts of spoons that people used to for whatever reason used to collect. Right. You might find a spoon in that kit that is nine 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 silver. They call it four nine silver. Okay. And in that, you take that spoon to a place that actually collects or melts down or smelters gold and silver. You might have a thousand dollar spoon, mm -hmm. depending on the size of that spoon or a $200 spoon, right? Doing that is the side hustle, right? Right. That requires very little effort. It's kind of fun. Maybe it's not spoons or cutlery that you like <laughs> or baseball cards, right? But something of value where you can find the arbitrage between the sell and the buy, that's where you're going to make your spread. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Any, what questions we have out there? We got a few coming in here. Um, so what projects keep you up at night? Like what, or what, sp what specifically <laughs> about a project keeps you All up at night? All of my night? projects. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I sleep relatively well. Yeah. I good. do. I do. Um, I think it comes from planning, proper planning. What do they say? Like plan your work and work your plan. Yeah. Something like that. There you right? go. Yeah. Thanks, um, Grandma. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, proper planning is good. Um, don't get me wrong. Like there are nights where you're like, "Geez, what am I going to do with this one project? What am I going to do?" I had a I had a purchase not too long ago, where I'm looking at this thing and it was conditional, and I was trying to figure out like the purchase price was cheap, but I can't buy for cheap. I got to buy for value. I got to figure out how to add value to this. Right? It was a semi-detached. I wasn't sure what to do with it. Long story short, I was able to add a second unit, but in a completely unconventional way than what most people would have done. It had a low basement, right? You couldn't really do the typical basement apartment. So happened to be a corner lot. I was working through this, all the permits and stuff. That kept me up at night because mm. I was trying to find the value, but it was fun. Mm. Yeah, sure. Right? Do you, do you think when people are looking at projects and, and they're trying to add value, does can, can you add value to any house? You... Uh, you can, you, you can. Mm. No, I, I think you took question. too long. Yeah, yeah, you took too long to answer that. Yeah, it is <laughs> yeah. a loaded question. And, okay. And, and so, and I asked it that way because I wanted to get to this point. What's really is, is, you know, I think as real estate investors, or do you think as real estate investors or, or what have you, we try and fit that, you know, round peg into a square hole or yes. vice versa all the time. Like we just can't yeah. do it all the time, but okay. we want to say yes to every deal. So the answer to that is you can add value in your perception to any house, but does the market feel the same way? Mm. So if you buy a house that has a you know mid-range bathroom and you break it down and you put a mid-range bathroom back in, you just added 20,000 bucks worth of value in your mind, but the market says, well, the bathroom was fine to begin with. Yeah. yeah. So the, the question here from, from both the real estate investor and then mm -hmm. as realtors, we, we have to ask our clients this all the time yeah. is, is how, how do you keep to speed or however you want to phrase it with what the market is looking for. For sure. In terms of finishes? Yeah. Um, so one big tip for the audience, hire a home stager when you buy a house. Have that home stager come in and for whatever their price is, have them put together a book of finishes for you. Right? Love it. Pick the flooring. I did this. I spent half a day with my home stager. We went to Lowe's. Right, Lowe's doesn't sponsor me. I just happen to shop there, <laughs> right? But if you're listening, Lowe's, I wouldn't mind. That's right. That's I wouldn't right. mind a sponsorship. We went through, uh, we went through Lowe's. And we laid a bunch of tiles on the floor and some laminate flooring and some paint colors and some paint chips. And we did fixtures and we did bathroom tiles. Like, put it all down on the floor, write it in a book. And by the time you're done, that would have been the best couple hundred bucks, thousand bucks that you've ever spent. Because the effort to put on an ugly paint color is the same effort to put on something modern and nice. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's the exact same, right? Spend the money. For the majority of all your units, do they all look the same? Identical. All painted the same, same paint chip, same floor, same Yep. Whatever. Why is that? Two reasons. One, it's cookie cutter. So when you go back for maintenance, you can fix that stuff. Yes. Right? 
because you never know what's going to happen. Tenants dance on cupboards and do whatever they do. Right? Oh, get, you have you and I have the same tenant. Get a little crazy. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> Did you have that happen? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, where's our music for that one? Yeah. I don't know. Get the horn. Yeah, yeah. Get we'll get horn. a horn for that one. Apparently the horn's gone. Oh, there, there it is. It is. Uh, that's <laughs> and horn. that's how the party ended. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so for for efficiency, um, economy is a scale. If you're buying the same stuff over and over and over, like yep. I support a lot of, um, or not even a lot. I support the majority of the retailers in my town over and over and over and over, and mm-hmm. they know what I need, and they keep stock for me, and when I need a favor, they send it and you know, it's important. And when other people know what you need and other people know what you produce, right? That's how you build trust, especially Mm -hmm. for people looking for partners, for example, Mm -hmm. for anybody listening, if you're able to produce the same product over and over and over, then you can take your, you can take your potential partner to that house. You just did like, Hey guys, you like this house? We're going to do it again. Yes. You want to get on board? Let's, let's do that. You know, it's easy. It it is so easy. So we're doing that. We got a renovation happening up in Beaverton right now. Same paint chip, same yeah. flooring, same, 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 same. It sounds so boring, but it's it works. It works. It's easy. It works. Done. You don't see Tim Hortons changing their color every time they go to a new city. That's right. That's right. <laughs> People recognize it. What did yes. you think of that one? I like uh-huh. that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So we got a few more minutes here. So. <clears throat> For those of you that just jumped on, a whole bunch of people just jumped on, uh, we're here to, and Ryan's here to answer any questions that you may have. So I'm throw them in the comments. And um, before we get out, I would like to know uh, from you, Ryan, and I'm sure our audience would like to know as well, uh, what drives you? Because mm. from the moment you sat there, this this spirit of just taking action, and, and I know part of it that you mentioned is from your mom, but what is what is burning inside of you to just light that fire on the you to just say get up and get? Yeah, uh, I love the growth. I love the hustle. I love, uh, you know, we were talking about assembling deals earlier. That really drives me. Mm. Right, construction at one point was really cool. I like to do that because you could create, you could work with your hands, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a good way to scale. So now I've got to take something that I can scale, right? And you can scale your thoughts. You can't scale your hand skills, yeah. right? Um, and that's how you grow the business. And growing the business and creating. And looking back at what I used to do when I was a kid, I would create and I would build and I would you know, do this. Um, that really, that lights my fire. That were does. you a good kid? Were you uh, a good ex- kid? A good, no. You're asking the wrong kid. Uh, you How ask were you parents. in school? Did you use Excel in oh, regular man. school? School, let me tell you. Classroom? School. So, <laughs> we need another hour show. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Man. yeah. School, I think school has its place for a lot of people. I was a, I was like a lower mid-grade student. Yeah. High school wasn't for me. Public school was fine. It was whatever. You can eat glue, yeah. right? But college, uh, top of the class, honor roll, like, best of the best, you know, not to yeah. toot my own horn, but I, I, it, it was good. Um, I, I excelled there, but that's not what gave me the business acumen mm-hmm. at all. Right. Mm-hmm. This was life skills. This was getting in the trenches and doing it yes. right. Getting out there, making the odd mistake. Yeah. Um, that's where I learned. Okay. A couple of minutes left and Gary's got a few Shoot. questions for us here and we want to go through it. So just tuned in. How do we find the guest on, uh, is it YouTube videos or social media? Uh, you can find all the guests at the real estate podcast.net. It's the videos are up there and, and so forth. But a couple of questions here for you, Ryan, uh, do you guys do takeoffs of your own properties that you're buying? First off, uh, what is, is it? What is a takeoff? Well, takeoff. So from a construction perspective, that's, um, that's the scope of work. So the material list. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and knowing, sure. and knowing, uh, for me, I, I'd want to know what that budget's going to look like. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, rental budget. Absolutely. We do that for sure. So in terms of a takeoff, if you're talking materials, we'll go through, if I'm looking at a basement, for example, we can say, okay, based on the square footage, we need this much flooring, this much lumber and so on. And by that you can calculate your budget. So yes, we do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. And, and the follow-up question for that is, do you use cap models so you don't exceed market comps or market rents? Cat model would be more for the multifamily stuff. So on the multifamily, five plus units, six plus units, eight plus units. Absolutely, we do that for okay. sure. You so the cat model for that. Well, cap rate is the is the main driver for valuation on a multifamily building, right? So that fourteen unit that I'm doing right now, we have to buy it under market value. You renovate to a certain point, whatever that may be, and then depending on the rent that you drive with those renovations, we're de- we'll determine the final outcome for the valuation on that building when you refinance. Yeah, so right. yeah, for multifamily, we do that for sure. Um, and in terms of single family homes, duplexes, triplexes, stuff in subdivisions, I mean, you're kind of limited 
uh, to your valuations based on what your neighbor's house sells for. Yeah. You know, so you got to be really cognizant of that. Um, but again, you're, you're making the money on the buy, not on the sell. Um, and you can renovate to high-end finishes for a relatively similar cost because the labor is the same. Okay, we're approaching yeah. that time. Now, um, are you coaching anyone? I do. I do. I love that. Okay. I really do. How do people get in touch with you? Those who are interested would like to be part, uh, be mentored by you. How can they get in touch with you? RW Car Investment has a Facebook page. Uh, I update or update that pretty regularly. Uh, you can also get me on the Ryan Carr Facebook page. I update that as well. And uh, Instagram, RW Car Investment Co. Hit me on social media. That's the best. Love it. Love it. Guys, you heard it here first. Again, we had the, the man, the mogul, Ryan Carr. <laughs> uh, once again, you're tuned inside the Black and White Real Estate Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Have a fantastic day. Awesome. And don't forget, we are, our, our podcast can be found at the website uh, right above us here and obviously on Apple and Google Play, Spotify. The replay will be up on YouTube in within a couple of days. And looking forward to seeing everybody on the next show. Bye for now. Hey, and we're back for the after show party. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, throughout the show, we totally forgot to mention this, but Ryan um, is going to be coming to our investor workshop on April 25th and digging deeper into what we were talking about today. And Ryan came up with this idea. Why don't I... Why don't you say it? I don't need to say it. Ryan, what's your idea for, for the investor workshop on April 25th? I'm going to keep it really organic. Uh, I, I really, I like to drive as much, this comes back to value. I like to drive as much value as we can in the 45 minutes that we have to speak. So I want to take the investor crowd questions, right? I want to handle whatever issues they're going through. Um, I'm going to bring a formula as to how I flip properties and how I'm finding value and how you can literally do that on the back of a napkin, which is how I first got started. So love it, share that. love it, love it. So much value there and so much uh, insight that we're going to get. So that's April 25th. Looking forward to seeing everybody there. If you want to learn how to do that, I'll put the link in the comments. But that's uh, that's April 25th. You can always send me a message and we'll send you the information. This time, we'll see you next week. We're <laughs> in two weeks. But see you. Bye.